are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hit Play, Not Pause is proud to be sponsored by Noon Hydration in 2021. I have been a huge fan of Noon for well over a decade. They have products for immunity, recovery, getting a good night's rest, and I absolutely swear by their Podium series, which include branched-chain amino acids that are super important for women during and after menopause. So show your support and head over to NoonLife.com. That's Noon, N-U-U-N, life, one word. And use the code FEISTYMENOPAUSE, again, one word, with a capital F and a capital M, for 30%, yes, 30% off of all of Noon's amazing products. Again, NoonLife.com, use the code FEISTYMENOPAUSE, with a capital F and a capital M, and get 30% off of anything you want. Check it out. Hello, hello, strong, feisty women. I hope everyone is well out there. So after a few weeks of diving into some deep issues here, this week I decided to have a little bit of a nuts and bolts show. We get so many questions in the Feisty Menopause membership and in the social channels on how to balance training with everything else, especially as you're also trying to navigate all of the changes that happen with menopause and midlife. So I figured who better to talk about how to get it all done without getting divorced or losing your sanity, but longtime endurance athlete and coach Linda Rowan. If you tuned into our How to Rock 2021 roundtable session, you saw Linda dishing out her no-nonsense advice with that lovely Australian accent. As a dual citizen of both Australia and America, Linda has competed at pretty much every distance of triathlon you can imagine. Sprint, Olympic, 70.3, Ironman, and she has represented both countries at ITU World Age Group Championships. She has been coaching the sport for 30 plus years and has made it her goal to inspire others by working with people's strengths, both physically and mentally, and finding that all-important balance. Her philosophy is, You never know if you don't give it a go. I'm not even going to try to do an Australian accent. So we talk about what that means, the benefits of setting big goals that make your skin tingle, how to balance long training days with those all-important interval workouts, where strength training fits into this mix, and most importantly, again, how to attain life balance while you're chasing those big goals. Linda also opens up about her own journey through menopause. And how one day she woke up with zero mojo and thought, maybe I'm done with this sport. She wasn't, of course, but I'll let her tell you all about that. Before we get to the show, this is my friendly reminder to keep sharing the love. The show continues to grow and we're getting some sponsors coming in. And honestly, the only way that happens is when listeners just like you subscribe, share and rate the show. It really, really makes a difference. So if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet or rated the show on your podcast app, please do. And if you have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, enough of me. On with the show. I wanted to start actually with one of your quotes that I really liked from that conversation was you never know if you don't give it a go, you know, which uh, I, yeah, thought was, yep. I thought was really, really great. Because, you know, I, I have the sense that most people in our audience are actually very, very active. But, you know, maybe there is some big thing that they've not set themselves out for. So let's just set up this conversation that way. And then I want to talk a lot about nuts and bolts about balancing everything. Yeah. Once you tell them, like, go for it, then it's like, yeah. oh, what does that mean? Mean, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So look, for me, Celine, I'm always the type of person to give it a go. And not every personality can do that. So it's definitely a motto of mine 
give it a go because you'll never, ever know. And you'll only regret what you don't do. That's a How good does it feel when just first to commit to something? And when we do go to commit to something, I always say to people, whether it's endurance, whether it's bike racing, whether it's what doesn't, whether it's changing locations, moving, relationships, all those types of things, once we decide to give it a go, give it all. Give it as much as you possibly can and then bring people along with you. So how do we include others without you know, one person may want to put it on Facebook or social media? That works for them. Great. Someone else is going to tell their partner. Someone else is going to tell a friend down the road and go, I need you on every Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning to get me up and move. I need you to find me accountable. At the moment, I'm doing one, which seems so simple, but it's so hard for me if not eating chocolate and not having bakery items for a month. I can give up alcohol in a second, but that's it for a month. And I ride it in training peaks and I tick it every day. Now, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of that person that loves to see the green boxes. So yeah, I yeah. will tick that. Mm-hmm. And when I tick it at the end of the day, I feel great about myself. And it's such a small thing, and especially mm-hmm. at the moment with COVID, how do we feel like we're achieving something? Right, right, yeah. And whatever that is to that person, and that's why I, I like to talk about being authentic. Don't try and find a goal or something that someone else's. That someone else said I should lose weight or someone else said I shouldn't drink alcohol or someone else said I should set these three-year goals, five-year goals. No. I've been in the corporate industry for a long time and I never had a career path. And I never said what I'm going to do in three months, 12 months because I wanted to keep myself open to opportunities. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. I have myself open to opportunities, from that becomes my goals. Yep. Doing what I feel is right at the moment. That's what's right for me at the moment of what I'm doing. And, yeah, so I think from goal setting for people, make it real, make it – and I say realistic. Don't make it realistic. Give it a go. Throw it I out say there. If something makes you feel tingly inside, say yes and figure it out. Yeah. That's always been my thing. Yeah. Like if it sparks my imagination yep. and I feel that, like, little ping of excitement, I'm going to say yes and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to build the plane as I fly it kind of thing. Yeah, great. Love it. And some people won't know what that thing is. They might go to a a friend, a coach, whether that's, you know, a sports coach or or a life coach. People don't – sometimes don't know what that thing is. But from a good conversation with people and to your point, what gets you excited, what sends those little tingles through our body, that's what it is. Don't Don't be frightened to put it out. Don't you think that's particularly important – um, and I'm going to, I'm going to say COVID aside, cause I, we're going to see some light here, but you know, certainly we have like, whatever you set yourself to do, if you want to do something in Iceland, it might be difficult this year, but you know what I'm saying? But, but I, that aside, don't you think it's particularly important during these menopausal years to do that? Like to actually like put yourself in that situation where like, I think that's exciting. I'm going to try it. Especially more, and I'm happy to say I've, I'm on that journey of menopause, been through the journey of menopause, I, I hopefully think the worst part of it. And when I say the worst part of it, the worst part of it was not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start to realize you're in perimenopause, the life, you're in the best part of your life because you have so much self-awareness and you're at a stage of maturity and you're going, right. So that's the time not to be thinking, and I can't tell anyone not to think something, but try not to feel that we're on the slippery slide down because you're not. You're in the opportunity time now to really zone into your body and zone into those feelings of what is right for you. And generally, you know, we could be still in the corporate world, we could be at the peak of training, we could be going for that event, but throw it out there and, and get yourself excited about something and there's many people talk about in the menopause stage or perimenopause is that when I'm not feeling motivated, I'm a bit lost, I'm not meeting my goals, I'm not getting the same times. And we all sort of feel that. Go back to what you felt like the first time you crossed the line or decided to do an event, whether it was whatever the event that was. How good did that feel? 
because you're excitable and you would, if you had kids, you would say to your kids, it's okay, give it a go, see how you go. We as adults start protecting ourselves too much and scared of failure. And let's try and break that barrier down. So when you think of failure, guess what? Throw yourself in more and do it. Give it a go. Right. And and I think that along with that is, and I know I have suffered from that, is it's easy to get your identity very closely married to your performance, right? It's easy Mm -hmm. for those things to become inextricably connected. And that's a bad place to be. Because then you wake up and it's race day and you're miserable and you're like all the fears like of failing just get magnified disproportionately. Mm-hmm. And and if you're in perimenopause or in this place where you are feeling a little less sure because your body's changing and things are, are, are harder and, and you're still wrangling through it, I think that that gets magnified as well. So how can people d- divorce those two things? Good luck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. And I'm using some of these examples through my own personal experience. Easily to say, how do you divorce them and how do you put them in their own boxes? Yeah. I would probably respond, think about that is maybe not putting them in separate boxes, but knowing the time is when you're going to be concerned or worried about perimenopause and what's happening to your body. And look at that and go, right, what can I do about that? And there's many things now from the learning of fantastic podcasts that you're putting together and also the more information that's coming out is what can I do? So the first thing, I use a very simple example. I had terrible sleep. What do I do? Do I worry about it? Do I make myself anxious at night? I make sure I'm doing the right things. Am I training like I should be? Am I going to bed? Am I putting myself on a routine? Am I reading okay i did read magnesium tried that it worked for me then a new phase i went on hrt and it it then worked even more so for me and then another phase comes in you think you've got it nailed and then right something else happens you have another hot flush and you don't sleep so then i went on to cherry tart juice that works for me and now acceptance so I think when you say put him in the box, I say I ask myself, what can I do about this circumstance or situation? I right. can't control it, but I can do a lot about it. And then how do you because you know performance performance is a slippery thing and, and we're not all gonna get faster until we get to the end of the line and cross the rainbow bridge, right? Like that that doesn't work that way. So how do we how do we separate our self worth, I guess is what I'm saying, from like what happens on race day or what happens on our training days with partners? Yeah. First thing I want to talk about there is performance and that slippery slide. It is a slippery slide from in some aspects. One part of your body, whether it's your strength, whether it's physique, whether it's the look, the feel, how you – yeah, there's a different change in body. But guess what else can get stronger at the same time is your mind. 100%. That's not a slippery slide. You can control your mindset and your thinking on race day. So I went from a change of what physically, okay, but am I still performing at the same level? Yes. And what can I do on that day? So the biggest thing that I think about is look at all the hard work, look at all the training I've put in over X amount of time, and I am at race day with these amazing women in my age group, and I am loving it. If I am loving it, because I, I love race day. You know, mm-hmm. some people get, do I get nervous? Yes. But I love it because it's one big party. I say that is the party day. And if you sit back and you look around and you be so grateful, especially in times like now, how grateful we need to be. So to separate it, look at the things you have. Ask yourself the question, how would I feel if I couldn't do this? Then you'll start to be grateful. The overall person of being grateful when you're starting on whatever race that is, is a beautiful feeling. So separation, be grateful for what you have. You can change your mindset. That does not go with perimenopause. You might get a cloudy head, but the mindset positivity, you can work on that even more. So if you didn't do any mindfulness work, I would suggest doing mindfulness work. 
And that, and that, and you're talking just general mindfulness work. Yeah, and general, sorry, in general, being athletic, but also in your day to day life. How do you mm-hmm. present yourself on that day? How do you turn up? What did you do that morning? Do you need ten minutes of laying down? For me, mm-hmm. I do. I need before I leave that hotel room. I need ten minutes of Linda time, and I just roll most of the time. Sometimes I mightn't. I might just lay. Yeah. What do you need? And work those little things out for you. And that's when I yeah. talk about. I feel I'm stronger now in the mind than I was two years ago. No, I, yeah, I believe that. I mean, it, it, because you're working on it, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, yep. yeah, it's definitely, it is definitely something that you are in control of. But it does take work. It does take work oh. to redirect thoughts and to, to, to put yourself in the right place. I just personally go to the worst case scenario. I'm like, okay, what if I tank and what if I come in last and like, what you know, if exactly? What, what if? <laughs> what if? <laughs> you know, I'm really the only one that cares because everyone yep. is so much more worried about themselves than they are about me. Um, I believe, yeah. I think we've got to ask ourselves, when you're thinking of those things out of whatever event you're doing, you know what? No one else cares. No one does. No, no one really does. <laughs> <laughs> no. they, don't, they really don't. We think they do, but they, they actually, right. they really don't. No. And our kids uh, and our, our family and our loved ones and our pets still love us when we come home. They know no 100%. different whether we have a trophy in our hand, a medal in our hand or nothing. Yeah. Yep. They know no 100%. different. I'd love to talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts that change around this time because we get, I see tons and tons of these questions and concerns and angst even coming in. Particularly, let's, I want to talk about strength for endurance and volume and intensity. And let's talk about volume and intensity first because many people are, they come, you know, coming up in the sport, you are often high volume, high volume. Like, I'm, you know, whether you're doing marathons or triathlons, you know, I know myself, like, I worked with some coaches that had me doing super high volumes and I responded to that. But then at some point I didn't respond to that. You know, I hit like 48 or whatever. And, but you're, but you're, but there's this thing. I'm like, well, I have to do that. Like, I have to do all those miles if I'm going to do all those miles, right? Like, how can I do those miles if I don't do those miles? And people get really caught up in that. And at some point you're just making yourself tired and you need to like, it's funny that I, I've often found that people worry about getting hurt through intensity, but they often get hurt through volume. So I'd love to hear like how you work with people when wh- with that balance as they get into this menopausal and just age space where you have yeah. to dial those things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. And I'm going to talk more about age because I'm also working with guys and I'm taking the same sort of methodology across both from an intensity point of view and from a volume point of view. The biggest is making sure with your being co- if you are being coached or if you're not being coached, you gotta know what works for you. And sometimes that is being a bit risky. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, isn't that the definition of insanity? Mm, yes. So let's work through whether yourself individually or with a coach of trying something different. And when I do take on athletes, I say, Are you okay to be trying something different? Because if you're not, there's no point. Because I'm a bit risky from a coaching point of view. We'll keep them sell, keep them healthy and safe, but I'm also a bit risky. So from an intensity and volume point, I still believe it needs both. It's not one or the other. Right, right. And how do we make the best? From an intensity point of view, is I start out more with an intensity so if someone's coming back from off season I will spend a little bit of time on some intensity which is a reverse of what a lot of people talk about and let me give an example of that if you're in the pool and you haven't swum for the last couple of months I'm not going to ask you to start swimming two three four five hundreds because your technique will drop away really quickly which could then form Mm. overuse injuries because you've Mm. lost your technique Mm. i will be giving you you know a warm-up and then some 25s i'll really let it go let just go for it so you're getting that intensity up without all the volume then i'm going to work the other way and go after a couple of weeks of that then i'm going to bring you back into some volume because I know that you've got some fitness behind you because there's nothing worse, especially in in mature age, is you're doing a run and you're all of a sudden you've lost your technique when you're doing that low volume and you're plotting. 
and you're just right. dropping your way and the There's hip drops down. nothing worse than plotting. One hip, <laughs> one hip, one hip. If you ask someone to run 200 metres or 200 yards, they are running the upright, they're leaning forwards, they've got good technique and they're really focusing on that. So I like to give some people intensity, then go into volume and then you're crossing between the two. It also depends on how much time people have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not and, and how they respond to it. We all love, and you've got to ask yourself the question, what are you doing that session for? What is the purpose? I'm going out on the weekend and I'm going to go for a ride with my buddies for two hours. And you know why I'm doing that? It's for my soul. It's for my friends. It's for my soul. And it's what I love to do. That's what I got into the sport. That's why I got into the sport. So, okay, the purpose Social, fun, but when I'm doing that, I need to make sure I'm doing it for a purpose as well for my training. Keep myself in zone one, zone two. Educate my training buddies of why we do zone one, zone two. So you're basically learning to teach. So if I learn something, I'm going to teach my training buddies so they are happy to come along with me for that volume, low intensity ride not blending over to a bit of racing with your buddies. Right. And, if, and st- if you're joining a Hammerfest and you shouldn't be in a Hammerfest, then you, you need to ride with other buddies, right? This is, this is chatting. Now, I, if I'm, yeah. I'm in my good zones, I can chat through that whole time, right. which I want to be able to do because I'm staying in my zone one, zone two. If we can't chat, we're going too hard. So I, I think you've still got to be both. I I also believe that making it adaptable. So I change between, and even in the same week, I will mm-hmm. give someone intensity and I'm going to give someone volume. And I really adapt to how they are performing. What do you find is the best with this demographic, um, a blend of those highs and low volumes? You yeah. know, like I, a lot of people end up in that sort of gray zone all mm-hmm. the time, whether or not they mean to or not. To- yeah, I think this demographic and mature age, we I do break it down week by week and I do two and once. So I like to do two weeks where we really focus on whether it's intensity or whether it's volume. And then I then focus a week of easy. And when it comes of weak and easy, it becomes easy also soulful. Right, right. So I will write runs, rides, swims, strength training, and we'll just say 40 minutes, do what you like. Right. Some athletes will just have go fun out and with have that. Fun. Just go and right. do it. Because if I can keep a motivated, passionate, caring athlete that's grateful that they're getting out and doing what they want to do in their own space, they're going to perform. When I ask them to do that really high intensity, they're ready to go. One athlete might go out and do 10 one miles. There's the volume. So I don't need to program volume for that athlete next week. They've just done it. I'm going to do short, sharp intensity. Right, right. So keep – and when you're working with yourself or with coaches, keep doing the things you love and that's – the coach should be able to then adapt or yourself adapt to what you need to do and what you need to tap, tap up onto, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. If if somebody um if somebody if you're working with somebody and she's you know hitting sort of this menopausal area and she just feels flat all the time, mm. what what's your first look? My first look and first comment towards them, it's okay, I'm with you. Cuz I, I get that experience, been there, done that. And the first thing I, I would I say to people, it's okay. Today's not the day. That's it. Today's not the day. Now, it's not going to be tomorrow's not the day. The next day's not the day. So when it starts going through that, but accept what's in front of you and what your body's given you. Today's not the day. Let's move that and let's put it. How, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? And then we move this to another day because mm-hmm. we don't want that, I suppose, the quality of the work done. Some athletes need two days really hard and then one day totally off. So, and that might work for them. Another athlete just needs no rest days on one of those. I, rest days aren't going well for me. They just 
my body just I feel like a tin a tin man when I try and get up the next day and I haven't even worked out, which is really odd. But that is something new going through menopause that I've come across. I've heard that often. Um, I've heard that from a lot of people that I've interviewed through this that they used to take days fully off and now they don't yep. because of that. They feel like it they they get super stale and super stiff and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't serve them well. Yeah, yeah. sore joints. So, and the other thing I like to work through on a bit of a motto is if you don't feel right, just start, do 10 minutes. Yep. Just start. If you just do 10 minutes and then you make the assessment, tell me why you didn't do it. Was it your head or was it your body? I just ask people to distinguish the difference and ask yourself, what stopped me physically or mentally? So that's what you need. Then you know what to work on and write that down. Write down what time of day it was, what time you – because going through menopause, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but you still sort of go through cycles like you're having your period but you're not. Yeah. So yeah. all that hormone was still going. So right. know where you are within your cycle and let's communicate that to, right, to who right. is working with you. Yeah, I know those are excellent points. And, and knowing yourself goes a long way to helping yeah. yourself. Yeah, you're helping yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So then let's, let's move into this piece on strength because we need to maintain our strength, right? And even if women have not strength trained and, until this point, it becomes increasingly important. But the first question I often hear is, how am I supposed to fit all that in? 10 minutes. So at least do 10 minutes. So wind it back a little bit. Um, I had an injury and the reason I got the injury going through menopause, going or perimenopause, changing life, stress, a lot going on. Never underestimate what's happening outside of your life uh, yes. when you're going through perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Put all those things together. It was just one big volcano looking back at it now. And I just ignored it, thinking it won't happen to me. I'm not going what through menopause. injury? Hamstring, um, okay. tendonitis, and bursitis in the knee. So it all Ooh. just went down my whole leg pretty much. And the reason it happened, I was working crazy hours and I started thought, this, this cannot be happening to me. I'm going to bust through it. I'm fine. I'm bulletproof. And I stopped doing my strength, mm-hmm. training at 4.30 in the morning, which probably a lot of people do, getting up 4.35 in the morning before the kids work, all those things happen. I did not stretch, um, didn't mobilize my body before a workout. And yeah, really bad injury. It really ripped me apart for probably six months. And it ripped me apart more mentally than physically. I thought I was done. And we go back to your point when you're just feeling like that. I thought I was done. And I'm not done. I just need to work out what was important and what my body was craving for. And it was craving for mobility and strength and recovery. And I wasn't doing any of those three things. So how does it fit in? If you normally do an hour 30, whatever, swim, bike, run, whatever it is, do an hour 20 and do 10 minutes before you start. And what I would suggest people do is 10 minutes, one day it's rolling on the roller. Never underestimate the value of that, especially going through perimenopause. Foam rolling, mobility work. Mm -hmm. Mobility, absolutely. Get yourself on there. Do some great movements. Just open your whole body up and lengthen that body out and just relax through those movements for 10 minutes. Do your walk workout. And often you then have a 10 or 15-minute cool down at the end. Well, don't do 10, 15 minutes. Just do five. And go back and do some strength work there. And when we say strength work, it might be Romanian deadlifts. It might be squats. It might be biceps. It might be push-ups. It just do some good compound, so multi-joint exercises across your whole body. It might be burpees, star jumps. Just do 10 minutes in there. So I'd be saying whatever you did, probably cut off 5 or 10% and use that to your strength. If you don't do your strength, you don't get to that was this was my motto, if I didn't do my strength, I didn't get to do my next training session, what I call swim bike or run. Hmm. So if I did a bike and then I didn't do my strength within that next period of time and the next day I had a run, I wasn't allowed to do the run until I did my strength. 
Because how did I find time for running, but I didn't find time for strength? Right, right. Well, yes. Like, <laughs> so got an appetite yeah. for dessert, but not for, yeah. yeah. Um, so that to me was a, it's probably more discipline that takes yeah. to put that in place. No, that's a really interesting approach to it. And all of a sudden, I found that ten minutes for stretching and mobility and and stretch work. And you do that um, year round. Yeah, I do now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yes. <laughs> Yeah, I do now. I wish I had done that earlier. I wish I learnt that. And that's some learnings I've had over the last 18 months, two years. What are some other learnings? <laughs> well, <laughs> listen listen to your body. Um, okay. I think, that, and I can't say that, listen to your body, rest, recovery will help us go faster. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So at night time, should I do at nine o'clock at night, should I do that session that I missed out on, on that bike? No, I should get in my recovery legs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I should, or I should get my food ready for tomorrow. If I probably, I'm going to give three key things, rest, recovery. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that, don't try and jam in extra workouts at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and expect to get up the next day to perform. Right. But plan ahead with your food. If you don't get, I know everyone talks about it now, but it's true. True. If you don't get your food within the first 30 minutes, you are not going to perform in two days' time. It really makes a difference now, especially. Yeah. Like I have noticed yeah. that. I, you know, Stacy's been telling me that for 10 years, and I'm like, oh, you know, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah. I finally, like I finally I'll, started paying attention. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I had learned that really early on. I think that's, and the third thing is, Still enjoy what you do. Don't do it because everyone else is doing it, doing it. And they're the sort of things, the three key things that I've learned. Just be kind to yourself because what's happening mentally really is help, is affecting you physically more so than ever. And those couple of kilos are hard, or pound are hard to lose when you're stressed. Impossible to lose. Like yeah. you can watch. I, I, I would. I did a little experiment of weighing myself and watching my sleep and. You can retain and gain weight really overnight if you're not yeah. sleeping. That is 100% of a fact. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit more into recovery before we move on because I think it's super important at this time of life. So what recovery practices do you think women should 100% adhere to? We already talked about that you got to get your protein and your, your recovery in right after 30, within that 30 minutes. Okay, so that one's my first one, would be my first yep. one. Second to that is allow your headspace, allow freedom. There's so much expectations around females, especially now with COVID, because as much as COVID I hope we get better, I don't think COVID's going away in a hurry, is that the world's changed. There's so many more people at home, and I'm going to use the females – and I'm going to be generic here, and are mainly working, looking after the family, the house, the kids, where the kids used to go off to school and they'd have nine to three to do some training and their chores and washing and cleaning. When's your time? So putting some boundaries around some of your time now because the kids are home, partners are home, wife, husband, loved ones – they're all doing their thing. They're working. They're getting some sort of them time as such. Well, you're washing, cleaning, and you're now trying to fit into training. And I think that's a big mental game of being disciplined. So please allow time for yourself. And you and, deserve it. And tell people and yeah. tell people that. Like yeah. I find that sometimes um, – we do almost expect everyone to read our minds and they can't read our minds. Like you, you need to say, I am going to do X, Y, and Z at three o'clock. Yep. Like, and that's just, that's what I'm doing. And then everyone yep. can adjust around it. Yeah. And it's funny because my daughter, you know, is older, but she came, she's like, Oh, I helped with the dishes. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like you didn't help. Who did you help? Do you help me? Why yeah. is that always my job? You know? Yeah. So it, like, it's just a little bit of like conversations. Like that's actually not just my job. Yeah. And I've recently had to have eating. that. Con- <laughs> Absolutely. Well, cooking, cleaning, eating. I've recently had the conversation with myself. And I was sort of a bit embarrassed to have that conversation with myself or I felt a bit selfish because my partner, beautiful wife, she's in the corporate world. I've now 
not in the corporate world and I have all this time and I was thinking I've got all this time, I'll be able to train. All of a sudden we have this puppy uh-huh. and pup- puppies take up a lot of time. I didn't realize that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the body training and there's so much fun. But I've now put time in our shared calendar. This is when I train because I wasn't getting my training done. Right. So we have a shared calendar. This is my training time. And it took – I felt really selfish because I'm no longer working. I'm sure I've got all this time, but I was losing myself but not having structure in my day. And I needed that structure to get back in the day. Otherwise, it just becomes house chore, house chore. So I think the definitely recommendation is communicate 100%. when is your time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people will adjust. They'll adjust. Your family mm-hmm. will adjust. I have found that. And they'll it's- respect it too. Yeah, yeah. It is an interesting and I think that we don't and you alluded to it earlier, but I want to like drive it home here. I think sometimes we don't appreciate how menopause intersects with midlife. Right. And so you have there there are stresses that are inherent with midlife that nobody can really understand until you run into them. Right. Your parents are getting remarkably older. Your kids might be old, like all these things like it's a it's an emotionally charged time in normal times and then like layer this on top of it. Mm-hmm. And there's no question that that can drain your energy for your training. Even if you use training as a release for some of that, it is still taking energy from you. So I, I don't, I, maybe you have some suggestions. I don't know. My only point is like, I think everyone needs to respect that. So if you do, like you said, if you go out and it's just not your day, it's not necessarily that you've done anything physically wrong, right? Yeah. At communication, is people say, well, communicate, talk about it, but you don't know that it's happening. I would say majority of the people we're talking about going through perimenopause don't know what's happening. You just sort of wake up and you just don't feel right. And I don't know – I don't think there's a, a golden wand to get through that. Is there a measurement? Well, sure, there's doctors and all those sort of things, but – recognizing the stress in the middle part of your life and how that can flow through to performance. I just thought one day that maybe triathlon is no longer for me. I just wow. thought I'd lost my mojo. And That's you talked a big, big yeah, thing re- that you've been in the sport for 30 years. Yeah, years. Yeah. And I love it. You might go to a race, I'll watch anything and watch anyone run around. I love it. I love Tell helping us a little people. bit about like what that was like. Like when, like was it just one morning, or did you just go through a period? I'd like, I'd like to hear what that was like. I was sad. Well, of course, but did yeah, you just I wake was, up one yeah. morning, or was it a process over time where you were just like, "Wow, maybe that, maybe I'm done." Maybe this. No, is it was, it was j- definitely one day, and I woke up and I was out going for this run, which I love running, and it was like, I don't want to do this. Hmm. I just don't feel feel it. And mm-hmm. then the next day I wake up and I go, I've got sore ankles and I've got sore knees and mm-hmm. then I'm fuzzy. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit of the transition of life. We talk about, you know, corporate. I thought maybe I don't want to do the corporate world anymore. And, you know, thinking of moving back to America and changing of life. I thought maybe I felt like a midlife crisis. People say mm-hmm. you have 30. I thought I was having it at 49. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing to do is, recognize what you can do. I think it goes back to my initial point. What can you do? And for people that have also, I don't have kids, but we're going, having children, growing older, maybe, maybe moving out of home, maybe just, you know, having a lot more social time. They're not at home as much. How can you as an individual control those feelings? I don't think, don't try, I would say, don't try and control them. Try and recognize them. So you, what, what did you, what did, what was your process like? Like you thought like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to do running or triathlon anymore. Like how did, then what, how did you make that bridge to, oh no, I, I still do. Recognizing what was happening. I then realized I was going through perimenopause <laughs> and went, oh, okay. So, and then you read all the research and I started Googling and thought I was going to be a doctor and fix myself. Um, and I gave myself some time out. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, took some nothing. time. That can, to, that can do what work wonders. Yeah, and then realize what I love and what I miss. So it was yep. just a, a point in life that things were changing. And that point in life, what I could do about it, and we talked about nutrition a little bit earlier, of how the types of things that I changed. And then I put no expectations on myself. 
So took away some races. Normally I race a lot. Took away some races. Took away the expectations. And guess what? Come back. Love. I did the exact same thing. It was the exact mm, same process. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be out on a bike ride and I'd just be like, I am not, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. You know, and I, I and it, it just, I what I did was I took off all the, I, I, I took off my computer, I took up all this stuff yeah. and I just started riding with friends and exploring yeah. and I was like, okay, I, I actually still do love this. It's the yeah. other part that I'm a little burned on or I, I need to step away from a bit. But then, you know, either absence makes the heart grow fonder and you go yep. back or you find something else. And that's yeah. okay, too. That's so okay if you do find something else. And good for you that you've explored more opportunities and more options. And whatever you choose, and I go back to that, do what you love to do. Whatever's giving you that tingly feeling, let's do it. Give it a go. And you're not letting anyone – I was gonna. I felt I was going to let people down because I felt the investment I've made with my bike and all those triathlon gear of stuff. People – I have an identity what around people? triathlon. Who people? Like it's yeah, all these people in your head. <laughs> it, it, they don't care. You know, people want you to be happy and yeah. people want you to do what you love. And then when my wife said to me, went back to racing, and she said, the look on your face was priceless finishing that race and getting you across that finish line, even getting nearly tear in my eye now when I come back to it. Mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. like the feeling you had of coming back over and watching me having that feeling of a tingling feeling going through my body when I crossed the line again and then watching my wife get so excited to see that I'm excited. People know it in your eyes. They get it. And that's all they care about. That's what people care about. So do what you love to do. Now, all that being said, people do get divorced when they train for Ironman. So let's talk a little bit about – that's a hard segue right there. Let's talk a little bit about balance because it's for real. Like when you do get caught up in that love, I mean, that is a thing. Like we just – you know, we told people like how to go set big goals and get excited and, and get in touch with themselves. But like it can be – you can get swept away. It can be tricky. It can – like that balance of all of it. Like, how do you help people navigate those waters? Because when you train for something big, it's encompassing. It, it can take up, it's like a part-time job, right? <laughs> like, it can take a lot of time. Oh, I wish I had the golden one to this answer. Oh, come on, you don't? Like, this one I really refer back to personal coaching and developing people in this space. There's five, I talk about plates and you know in a, a circus you've got the plates and they're trying to keep them rolling There's a, yeah. and you've got to try and keep them all up. Try and keep all those glass balls or plates without them breaking and keep them all running is really, really difficult. And let's talk about the five different key areas. So you really think about your family, you think about financial, you think about spiritual, you think about your your uh, passion, so whether that's triathlon or whatever that your passion is, what it makes up you, and we've got to try and keep all them going. Now, at some stage, one of them falls down a little bit. We don't want them to fall down and break. We don't want that divorce, but they're not as high as the others. Some are running at 10 out of 10, and sometimes they're running at 5 out of 10. The thing we need to understand is you can never keep all of them running, all parts of our life running 10 out of 10. I think a lot of women try to do that. Of course we do and we want mm -hmm. to, but as soon as we can accept that that will not happen and if you think that is happening, you're only going to feel like you've failed and you're a superwoman if you can keep all areas of our life running at 10 out of 10. So when do you die? It's a bit like a dimmer switch. Don't think it's an on-off light switch. Think it is a dimmer switch. It doesn't have to hit the ground and it doesn't have to hit 10. It can go in between as that dimmer switch goes. So work out with the people you love and the people that involves which months are the 10s and which ones are the 4s and 5s. So during now, it's off season for me. I will then sleep in every Saturday and Sunday with my wife. Yep. She will go to bed at one o'clock at night and I like to get up at six o'clock in the morning. So what does that mean? Now is my time that I sleep in every morning and stay up late on a Saturday night. Now in the main season, no, I'm up five o'clock every time. So you're putting, investing a bit of money in that emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And that is part of life. That's not sacrifice. That's not compromise. And I call that is life. And it feels really good to do that. So work out when that dimmer switches up for which parts of our life bring associated people with you and communicate what that looks like. And then when you do go out and you get up at that early morning or you're at late night or whenever works for you, really do it and get into it and be 100% present. Be there, love it, hopefully don't feel guilty and be there in the moment. So when you're talking to that friend or you're out for that bike ride or you're doing that session in the gym, you know what? Do it well. Give it everything you have. Leave there. Okay, that's done. Now I'm going to go home and care for the family or pick up the kids from school, whatever that needs to do, and do that well. Be present. Get rid of that phone. Get rid of it, but take it away and not let it distract us as much as it is. So when you are with the kids, you're with the kids. Yeah. So multitasking, as females do really well, maybe we shouldn't do that so well. Right, right. Well, and I I love this too, because I think that when you set it up that way, when you set up like, okay, there's going to be this period of when I'm not getting up at five to go to the master swim and I'm not doing those things, that also lets your family know there's light at the end of the tunnel when you have a nine hour training day on the week, you know, and when you're in the thick of it, like when you're on the other side, when you're getting up at 430 or when you're doing all that, that they're just not like, oh, this is what it is now, you know, and I think that that's that can happen. Yeah. I think when you're communicating to your to yourself or to your coach, whichever way, is let them know the days that are out of boundaries. Right. The days that are no. For me, I don't do a swim on the weekend because it becomes the long ride, then the swim, then you're, there's eight hours, you're done, right, you're out you're for the day, the day. Your day. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's just something that I won't do. So know when those boundaries are and set them up because as a coach, if you're using a coach, they can move that around and be flexible as well. You can still get the same outcome and that's still amazing performance, but just knowing when to put those sessions in that's going to work with your family as well or your life, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But. What 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 training? And I, this is a very it's a it's a slip it's a tricky question, and I recognize that. But for for somebody who just is in all of this to complete and not compete, you know, they just want to yep. cross finish lines and not get hurt, enjoy themselves. Yep. yep. What is an hourly? What's like a reasonable hourly training? Um, what? Quote. Yeah, good. And yeah, how many times we get asked that question? What distance are they doing? Let's go all the way. Like if somebody puts Ooh. that big goal out themselves and they want to do, let's say Ironman, like what, you know, I mean, you, you can spend 30 hours a week training for that, you know, I, like, but, you know, f- for the woman who, you know, as they say, the time crunched person, like what does that mm. look like? I put time crunched person, I'd say 13 hours. How many? So 13 hours, one, 13. three. Okay. Yep. I'm really going to put myself out there and there's going to be so much discussion. Look forward to the feedback on that one. <laughs> um, and I don't mind putting myself out there and saying this is what I, I think it is. Now, 13 hours, finishing it, depending on the level of athlete and the condition they're in, whether they're, if an athlete comes to me fit, healthy and general fitness, 13 hours, work through yep. that, no problems at all. If someone comes to me that is extremely fit and they're already at the top end, they're just going to go a bit faster right. that time. If someone comes to me that's never done a triathlon before, 13 hours, I'll say, yes, of course I will take you on because I love people putting a bold challenge and goal out there, but it might be in nine months' time. Right, right. It's not going to be in three months' time. Right, because oh, right, the of first and foremost thing I will do is keep the person healthy and loving the sport. That is my priority. Healthy, loving the sport and not being divorced. Yes. <laughs> are, I think I think those are all uh, those are all good. Yeah, and then I think the short okay. course is there's so much around Ironman and I've done one and I love it, but I'm one and done. And yeah. I'm one and done in Ironman because I love life. Yeah. I was two and done just because I qualified for Kona. But then I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> done that. Yeah. Tick that box. Thank you very exactly. much. Um, I really do like 
Olympic distance, so the standard mm-hmm. distance. I think it's mm-hmm. amazing. I think you can still go fast. It's still got a bit of strategy around it, the racing now around Olympic distance. Um, I think so many put that pinnacle that you're not a real triathlete until you do that Ironman thing. I totally disagree. Um, I do believe if you want to love the sport for a long time, there's too many people get into the sport and out of the sport going through Ironman. I go going the longer distance rather than Ironman brand, but it's a long day and it brings people in the sport and out of the sport too quickly. I would rather keep people in the sport for a long time and love it. And then what can they expect if hourly, you know, what, what, if they're, if they're just going to jump in this and be like, I'm going to get involved in this. Like what's that hourly commitment for the, like an Olympic distance? Yeah. Um, six hours. Yeah. No, that would, that very reasonable. Yeah. Six reasonable. hours, give it a yeah. go. Um, mm-hmm. and some people want amazing people and they'll six hours and they're going to be leading the pack. Other right, people right. are not going to be leading the pack. And a lot of that comes down to their, not just the swim, bike, run, it actually comes down to what you're doing outside of that, which we talked about nutrition, recovery, all those other things. I think I'm going to throw some numbers. 50% is swim, bike, run. 25% is the mental side and 25% is the nutrition recovery lifestyle. Yeah, I agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. And I look forward to those comments on um, social media (laughs) on that too. I, I, I think that that is a very, I, I think that's reasonable. Like all the stuff that you do to support the human machine that you are yeah. and the emotional machine that you are absolutely translate hmm. to that. Is there anything that you, that you think is particularly important? Cause you have, we have mentioned nutrition a couple of times and I realize that you're not a nutritionist, but like fueling wise things, mistakes that, that people make that, that are important when we're talking about being their best in that, in that context of like 50%, 25%, 25%. I think from a fueling point of view, don't get involved in fads. And it's really hard to, whether that's vegetarian, whether that's keto, whether that's, do I eat before a meal? Do I not, sorry, before a training session, do I not eat? Whew. Get involved in that. And the, and just that gets confusing for anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and overcomplicated. Know your body, go back to the most simple things and have a balanced diet. Don't be spending crazy amounts of money on anything else. I have can't a- nod any more vigorously than I'm nodding oh. right now. <laughs> balanced diet, yes. eating regularly. It is really difficult for females going stage of their life to not try and cut back on calories. Mm-hmm. And we've all done it. Exhibit A. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah Didn't work. Fell yeah. flat. Low energy like, availability does yeah. a lot of people in. Done. Oh, we all went and did it. So it's easy to say don't do it, but you're going to give – everyone will give it a go and they go, oh, that didn't work. Um, so I think that is extremely important. Just knowing yourself to eat well is, is so important. And our It's sleep- amazing how much better you feel when you eat well. Oh. Like when you actually feed fuel yourself, when you when you allow yourself to eat yeah, what uh-huh. you need, it is amazing how much better. Like your energy levels are so much better. And listen to your body, whether it says carbs, no carbs. I did the no carbs and no dairy thing. Yep, I lost a lot of weight, but guess what happened? I didn't perform well. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. And I got injured. <laughs> yep. Because that's I wasn't fueling my body. So I'm better off being a little bit in my world, a little bit heavier and having something to hang on to than trying to get really lean, especially in the short course. You know, a lot more people are quite very lean through that. It For me, it doesn't work. So get to that place and it takes some trial and error, trial and error but get to that place that you enjoy and you know you feel good about yourself. I don't want to starve myself to get those extra four or five pounds. I it can be counterproductive perform. too. Yeah, I mean, it can be very counterproductive. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So let's let's wrap this up with your other philosophy, which I really like: is be the best I can on that day. Yeah. I think that I, I think we we bring so much emotional baggage with us often to race day, to even training days sometimes. And what do you mean by that when you when you tell people be the best I can be on that day? If you give yourself 
the liberty to be free-minded and free within your own spirit to go out and be the best you can on that day, that's what you have. And one day you are going to break the ceiling. You're going to go through something that you've never been to before. And that's an amazing feeling. Another day, you're not going to make that day. Today's not your day. And if you've done everything you possibly can, you need to give yourself a big tick. The days, there's days that will come up that you're watching your data and you're watching your heart rate or you're watching your power and you're going, I feel good. Well, guess what? Let it go. Let the data go and (laughs) bust that ceiling and that is going to be the most exciting feeling you would have had. And we talk about that tingling feeling. That is it. Some days is your days and some days it's not. Don't let the opportunity go when it is your day. If you're out there and you're competing and today you go, I just feel like running at X pace. Then you've got the other side of that mental side going, oh, that's too fast for me. Then it's like, no, it feels good. No, that's too far. I better slow down. The slow down one, stop it. Stop the slow down one. Let your mind be free and just go with it. That is easier said than done, way easier said than done. But try it even in training. When training, when that time says do this time and you feel you can go faster, what's the worst thing can happen? You don't go faster? Right. You blow up. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Now you learn something. And as a coach, I want every one of my athletes to blow up. Sounds horrible. I want them to blow up. I want to know that they gave it their best and they blew up and we know that's where the blow up point is because it's like – if you don't blow up, you don't know what you are capable of. In every aspect of your life. <laughs> so give, just go for it and really give it a go. And it sounds so simple, but it's not as simple to do. It isn't, but you can you can make it a joyful exercise. Mm, it's you fun. can, yeah, definitely just be like, okay, I'm just going to take the limiter off and see what happens. Yeah. And, when we and say, it's a good story to tell. Like, I'm always like, if, if nothing else, it makes a great story. Right. When I, when it's I, great late at night when you had those few beers and wines <laughs> and you're sitting and telling everyone about your story. It ended up getting bigger and faster and longer and I'm taller. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I'll be, I'm really proud of people when they put themselves in that situation. And I'm, yeah. I would much have rather be working with someone and they told me that's what they did compared to being safety Sam. Right, right. I'm really yeah, proud it, of people. Yeah. And I, and I do think there's definitely something to be said for when you feel good, go hard. And when you don't, don't. You know? Don't. I mean, that's like... Simple. You're, you, yeah. It, it, I think... It's complicated. Celine, there's so much information out there. You know, it's zones. And I could talk about the zones to you all day, but there's so many articles on that. And there's nutrition, there's zones, and there's HRV, and there's data, and there's this, and there's that. And I just think strip it back. Take away all that sort of stuff, peripheral information, and just think, what do you want to do? What did you start this sport for? Whatever that sport was. And if you want to perform, whatever performance is to you, because performance to me, to you, is something different. You control your own performance. Performance isn't coming first or, or last. Performance is how you performed on that day. Whether I can't control what number I come in in the ranking. I can only control my performance. And if that's the process that I followed and I finish that process, I celebrate hard at that finish line and enjoy every moment of that. If I celebrate at the end and I've had a good day, I'm going to let everyone know. And that's what I want people to really recognize what they're doing and the discipline they're putting themselves in life. They're moving. They're out there. They're healthy. You know, really be grateful of that. And you're putting yourself out there and that in and of itself is worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's our show. Join me next week for a little tough talk with Lisbeth Darsh. Lisbeth's resume includes being a military officer, a professor, a journalist, and a high-profile executive at CrossFit, Inc. She's also the author of Strong Starts in the Mind. We talk about how to get mentally and physically tough and the importance of both, especially the longer we're on this journey. Check it out. 
And as always, until next week, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.